Welcome to another episode of the Backcheck, the Hockey History Podcast, where we evaluate the cases of NHL players for the Hall of Fame. My name is Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right, thanks. And today, we have a special episode where we are looking at three uh, NHL players who have won the Conn Smythe, the uh, MVP of the playoffs, but are not in the Hall of Fame. Um, one of them has been eligible for a very long time, uh, 30 years-ish. One of them has been eligible for a year or two, two, I guess. And one of them is not quite eligible yet. He will be eligible in two years, I think. So those players are Butch Goring, Brad Richards, and Justin Williams. They have all won the Conn Smythe. Um, whether or not they deserve the Conn Smythe is something that we are going to talk about. Um and uh, But before we talk about those, we're going to talk about their careers in general, and we're starting with Butch Goring, um, who uh, played in the NHL from 1969 to 1985. That's 16 seasons. 14 of them were quality by our estimation. He scored 375 goals, 500 assists, just shy of 900 points. He is uh, notably a minus 26, despite the fact that he played for the Islanders for a chunk of his career. Um, he had some really bad plus minus luck cause he was, I don't know what was going on when he was on the Islanders, but his teammates, some of his teammates would be plus like 60 and he's like plus nine. <laughs> like, okay. I don't know what's going on. Like clearly one of the things we, it, it sucks that we don't have is we don't have any, it's, it's so hard to find about like matchups and stuff right in the past. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Goring who was, who was, you know, known at the time for his his two-way ability if he was being thrown out against like star players and uh yeah. trottier bossy and um uh gillies were were beating up on uh second and third lines but i have no idea if that's true or not um anyway that's 900 ish points slightly less than 900 points in 1100 games so not a point per game player um but that's not a surprise he this guy was a a, he might have been a first-line player in, in L.A., but he was a second-line player, absolutely a second-line player on the Islanders. Um, his draft uh, was uh, one of the early ones. It was 1969, and he was drafted 51st overall at a time when there were, like, the, there were so, like, a few... I guess there was there was only so many uh, teams in the league, but he was drafted in the fifth round, <laughs> 51st overall. So... Uh, that's hilarious because there's like I guess there were 13 teams in the league or something. Yeah, I don't know. There were, thir- there were 13 picks in the first round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there were 13 picks in the first round, 11 in the second round, 12 in the third round. I don't know. I can't make any heads or tails of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, he is he he looks really good in this draft. So first of all, this draft was uh the Rajon Hul, uh, Hul, Mark Tardif yeah. draft. Um, so uh. So uh, he looks, uh, I mean, really, it's the Bobby Clark draft. But um, so he, he dropped, though he's drafted 51st overall, he is first in goals. And he's first in goals by 14. Um, he is second in assists, and he's way, way behind Bobby Clark, as you would expect. He is over 300 assists behind Bobby Clark. Um, and he is uh, 300-ish points behind Bobby Clark for second. But he's still, um, at least by... Uh, total points he is the second best player in his draft class of course if you sort by plus minus 
he's way, way down. Um, though there are plenty of guys. I mean, Boulder of the other star offensive player from the draft is minus 197. So uh, Goring's doing a little bit better than that. Um, and then if you, sh- if you sort by point shares, he's the fourth best player behind Bobby Clark, Ron Stackhouse, who is a defenseman. So, of course, he gets more point shares. And uh, Gilles Gilbert, Gilbert uh, who uh, is a goalie. So goalies also get more point shares. And they're basically tied. Uh, Gilbert and Goring are like uh, 0.4 point shares away from each other. So really, Goring's the third best player in his draft by point shares. And by points, he's the second. And, um, you know, it, it's not really close. This is not, aside from Bobby Clark and uh, like Mark Tardif, um, this is not a great draft. Uh, you know, it's like Jim Rutherford is like more famous now for being a GM than he is for a goalie. So like, it's not a, it's not a great draft. Um, arrow wise, uh, Goring actually looks, Goring looks better than I thought he would as an offensive player, uh, way better than I thought he would. I was sort of expecting, especially not being a point per game player that he would be down. But if you look at, uh, the nine skaters to play in at least, uh, 12 modern seasons between 69 and 85. He's fifth in goals. He's sixth in assists and he's fifth in points. So he's, you know, by that standard, one of the top five offensive players of his era or top six, which surprised the hell out of me. Um, he's also, uh, hilariously, uh, down at the bottom in defensive point share. So, which is funny given his reputation as a defensive, uh, player, but of course, uh, the minus really hurts. The plus minus is a big determinant in that, especially back then when there was no ice time. So it's it's not really a surprise that he's uh, he doesn't look that great. His 82 game average is not good. It's 66 points per 82 games minus two, which is like we've definitely seen guys in the hall with that, but we've seen more way more often you don't get in the hall with that. Um, his peak 82 points per 80 games uh, in the late seventies for the Kings, um, minus five, yeah, minus five. Um, so he was on a, he, he was, uh, you know, point per game player on a shitty team basically. And this is like right when they got Dion, I don't know what the line combinations are, but I, uh, given that Goring supposedly played center, I assume they weren't playing together, but I have no idea. Um, playoff wise, uh, he only has 88 points in 134 playoff games. He was 21st all time in playoff games when he retired. Um, so he was not, uh, scoring a lot and you might be like, well, why did he win a con Smythe? And we will, we'll get there. Um, it is kind of mysterious. Uh, but, um, basically, uh, he was not, you know, he had, he had a couple playoffs where he was really good, like in 77, in nine games, he had seven goals for the Kings. Um, but like there's other playoffs where he had like six points and 21 games. So, you know, he's, he clearly was a, uh, someone who was used in different roles throughout his career. Right. Like, um, yeah. And like, if you look at his playoff era, like how he compares to other playoff scores, he's way down like 17th in goals, 17th in assists, 17th in points. So like he was not, this is not a star playoff performer. Um, hockey references adjustment for error hurts him minus nine points per 82 games, drops him down to 57 points per 82 games, which is very much not hall of fame material. Generally speaking, um, both, both the hockey reference adjustment and the versus X adjustment hurt him. 
we have one trade. That trade is famous because at least some people view it. I think there's a there's a strong narrative, right, that like Goring was like the last piece that the Islanders needed to yeah. become the dominant um, playoff, uh, like the dynasty that they were, and and so he was he was already thirty, and he was traded for Billy Harris and Dave Lewis. Uh, Dave Lewis was a longtime Islander uh, defenseman, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Billy Harris. I don't know much about Billy Harris. He was a right wing who had been putting up pretty decent numbers for the Islanders for his whole career, actually. So it's it's interesting because they were like they basically, uh, you know, it was it was a trade deadline trade. It was in March, and they really did like they clearly the Islanders clearly liked Goring because they gave up two like pe- like guys who played regularly for one guy who played regularly. Um, but like the narrative is that like you know that that turn that really helped them turn a corner and I mean clearly it, he had an excellent first playoff he had 19 points in 21 play- games in his first playoff with the Islanders so it helped yeah uh, I'm pretty sure Billy Harris wasn't doing that but <laughs> so uh, shall we talk about the Smythe? let's do so. Because the, so this was not the first year he was on the team. It was the second year he was on the team. And he, I don't, you know, Bill and I, I wasn't born when he won the Consumite. Bill, you were not born either, right? Oh, probably not because they used to finish the, uh, they used to finish it, in, you know, probably mid-May. So <laughs> probably yeah. not. I'll, I'll look and see what the last, uh. Yeah, you're absolutely right. May 21st, the final game. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, so we were not alive, and so we didn't watch this, and we don't know how amazing Butch Goring's defensive play is. But here, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just this is it's so fucking ridiculous. So, here here are the here are the goal scorers uh, for the uh, for the New York Islanders in 1981 when Butch Goring won the Conn Smythe. Mike Bossy, 17 goals, which is not quite the all-time record at the time, I believe. Well, Curry hadn't scored 19 yet, but I'm pretty sure... Um, Reggie Leach. Reggie Leach had 19 in 76, yeah. 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 So Mike Bossy came two, two goals shy of that. Then there's Brian Trottier with 11. Then there's Butch Goring with 10. Man. Now, let's talk about assists. Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier tied for 18. Pot Van had 17. Wayne Merrick had 12. Goring had 10. So that means that Goring had 20 points. Mike Bossy had 35. <laughs> Trottier had 29. Pot Van, a defenseman, outscored Goring by 5. Uh, Butch Goring's goal had two game-winning goals. Bossy had 3. I have no idea what the hell was going on here. But I, I think... I don't know. Uh, I think you and I, Bill, may have a, a different, like, a, a disagree, a difference of opinion when we get to Justin Williams. But like, I, I don't. Uh, do you think he won this? Like, or he deserved it? Like, this is crazy to me. Thirty-five points less than Mike Bossy, or sorry, thirty-five, fifteen, in eighteen yeah. games. It's 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 got to be. 
it's got to be one of those things where someone who watched that series who was an Islanders fan would need to explain it to us for it to make any sense, right? Like somebody who lived and breathed and died with the team and knows how important Butch Goring was to that team. Like you've yeah. got to, you've got to have that sort of an argument. Otherwise, it just makes no sense. But you know, I've I've seen guys win the Conn Smythe three. Like he didn't score the most points, but he's clearly the player that got them there, right? Um, I believe Jonathan Taves won one like that, um, where you know, it's you know some you know I'm sure Kane had more points than he did, but like they're definitely not winning it without Taves kind of thing. So um, I don't remember if Taves won a Conn Smythe or not. I'm gonna look it up. Pretty sure he won. I'm pretty sure he won it the first time they won the cup. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, in ten. Yeah, yeah, in ten. I'm just go. I'll look up their points. Um, that's right. I don't remember being outraged. That he had 29 points. Oh, really? Wow. In, in 22 games in that in that playoff. I don't remember how many Kane did, but like, this is like, Goring had 20 points in 18 games, which sounds great, until you look at what everybody else did. So. Yeah, so Taves led led the Hawks in points. Actually. Okay. I, I I seem to remember him having hurt like sep- a separated shoulder or something. Yeah. As they got towards the end in the final, so maybe that's like it obscured my memory of like how many points he actually had. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that was the second time they won the cup. I can't, but but I'm pretty sure it was the first time. Yeah. Oh, it had to be because I didn't I didn't watch the second one. So oh, it, was, it was the Blackhawks and Bruins. I'm not watching that. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs> so, so the the Islanders lost three games during the entire playoffs this year. Um, and like, I guess the argument might be that like, despite the fact that Mike Bossy was scoring literally two points a game during this thing, that that what was really getting them to win was defense. I mean, it's possible. Uh, Billy Smith had a pretty good, like he his he had a 900 save percentage and a 250 GAA, which in the 80s is fine. Yeah. Um, they uh, you know, they had one player on their entire team who was a minus during the playoff run, which is crazy. Like they were clearly outscoring everybody. So my question to this hypothetical person who's defending which Goring is like. Was Goring really the reason they were winning games? Because it sure feels as though they were outscoring everybody, you know? Like, uh, like the fact that there's only one guy who's a minus on the entire roster. I mean, I, I could go through all the game logs and look at the scores, but like they were these were not close series. They had a close series against the Oilers in this in the quarterfinals, but they swept the Leafs, they swept the Rangers, and the North Stars won one game. You know, and yeah. is is it because Goring was being uh, Goring was like shutting down Sittler, Gretzky, uh, Espo, I think, and whoever the hell, what Neil Broden or somebody, I don't know who the center for the North Stars would have been. Um, or like, I think it was, it, uh, oh, was that Bobby Smith? Yet? Bobby Smith, yeah, yeah, it would be Bobby Smith. You're absolutely right, yeah. Um, okay, so maybe he did that, but like, I don't know. Uh, Mike Bossy scored 35 points in 18 games. And 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 seventeen of those were goals, and uh, I understand that a bunch of them were on the power play, but like, I don't know. I I uh, he still led the team in even strength goals too. Like it's, I just I I don't know what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> and maybe this is like, what if we ever do a series on the Conn Smythe, maybe there's more of a deep dive here. But like, I just it makes no sense to me. He he 
He's fourth in scoring on the team by points. He's, what, fifth in assists. He's third in goals. And he's not third by a bit. He's he's uh, he's third by seven in, in 18 games. Like, it's like Mike Bossy, Mike Bossy never won a Gon Smythe, right? I don't think. Oh, no, he won one. He won one? I'm going to check it out. He won He won in 82. But, like, this is so fortunately he won in 82. Uh, but, like, this feels to me like, how do you score 35 points in 18 games and not win the Conn Smythe, you know? Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's, um, it's, it's, it's perplexing. Like, there would have to be, it would have to be a case of, like, in every series, he shut down the other team's top line, still chipped in that many points, and then that allowed, you know, Bossy to run roughshod over the team's second and third lines and just put up these absurd numbers. And it yeah. was just so important to the team. Like, there needs to be that, right? And yeah. unfortunately, I don't have time to go back and watch every game of the 81 playoffs, but I'm, there has to be some sort of an argument that makes it make sense. Mm-hmm. Or did, like, reporters just not like Mike Bossy? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, especially when, when like that's a phenomenal amount of points to have in that many games, right? Like that's, yeah. that's like getting close to like record status. So, and like, so Bobby Smith, I don't know when Bobby Smith scored all his points, but Bobby Smith had 25 points in 19 games. So maybe he was shut down on the final, but he was doing pretty, he had a pretty good, a damn good playoff, right? Like that yeah. doesn't look like that he's being shut down. If I go to the Rangers, um, uh, you have, uh, let me see here. Um, oh, okay. So somebody was... Sh- so actually, Espo wasn't on the team yet, I guess. Um, so it was actually uh, Ron Duguay <laughs> or Ulf Nilsson were the centers. And they, they were they scored more than a point per game still. I mean, it's the 80s. But I mean, I just... I, so far, I'm not finding evidence of, like, uh, the top centers on these teams. Gretzky had 21 points in nine games. <laughs> so Gretzky wasn't shut down. Yeah, but that's Gretzky too, though. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, yeah. if, two, if two points ner- a game for Gretzky in that era actually is kind of shutting him down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you you goring truther. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm, I'm looking at the Leafs too to see. Uh, I don't even know if Sittler's still on the team in '81. Um, I don't think he was actually. He was he was already on the Flyers by that point, I think. Uh, oh no, he still was. He still was. Sorry. Um, or he was maybe he was traded during the year because he's not. No, he uh, yeah. So okay, he maybe he shut down Daryl Sittler because Daryl Sittler zero points minus two. Ooh. Okay, but that was in the first round of the playoffs. Anyway, I just I cannot see any evidence whatsoever that this this award is uh, deserved, and, it, and if it really is like this like great defensive performance. I sort of wonder why I haven't heard more about it, you know? Why hasn't there been a push to induct him into the hall because of his incredible Conn Smythe performance in 1981, right? <laughs> you know, like, what's that about? Um, uh, what is it? Does Wikipedia explain anything at all about why he won a Conn Smythe? Um, it just says he was awarded it. <laughs> <laughs> which is factually correct, but doesn't help me. All right. Anyway, I, I don't. So the other thing is, uh, speaking of awards, uh, Goring won the Bing as well, and he also won the Masterton. Now those are minor awards, but he does have the Magic Three awards. 
now they are two of those are like cheating right like you when we say the magic three awards we're really talking about the heart the selkie the norris um the consmythe um but anyway he also was top five in caller voting uh in his rookie year um he doesn't have any particular outstanding offensive accomplishments he was never a top player by point shares he never scored more than 35 goals he never scored more than 80 points he has one all-star game appearance total um the uh it's worth noting the versus x peak adjustment he doesn't even qualify for goals or assists for the best seven seasons and he's the 260th his had the 216th best seven seasons in nhl history so you know safe to say that's probably not worthy um so yeah he, he won four cups and he uh he did not win a canada cup he was on the 81 team that lost to the soviets so the argument would be he's he should be in the hall because he won four cups and one of the times he won a con smythe but i don't know you bill i'm very fine with him not being in yeah i'd uh i'd have to hear a pretty convincing uh argument to even consider it i think i mean just you know, one one of those things that we've discussed, like like you know, so you're the fifth best player on the Oilers, you won five cups, but you're the fifth best player on that team. Like the fact you played with four other Hall of Famers might be the reason you won so much. You know, it's not necessarily yeah. just because of you. And obviously, like he's still like you can still be a key piece of a championship and have the other guys in the team be like, we don't think we would have won that championship without him that doesn't necessarily make you a hall of famer. You're a key cog. You're a piece that they need, but you know, you don't do it at such an elite level that it couldn't have been somebody else to fill that role. You know what I mean? So, um, but you know, what's interesting. He has the same number of cups as Craig Gillies, uh, Clark Gillies, Craig, where'd I get Craig from? Uh, and also, on at least two different playoff occasions, the one in which he won the Consumite and the year before, he outscored Gillies in the playoffs by, you know, a few points. And in, in, in 80 by a few points, and in 81 by a lot. Yeah. And yet, Clark Gillies is in the Hall of Fame, but Goring is not. I would prefer both of them to not be in the Hall of Fame, but it's just worth noting. Like, I don't think Goring has a case, partly because I think it's Consumite's bullshit, but, like, it, it re-emphasizes that Clark Gillies doesn't have a case. Yeah. Um, do you think it might have been a case for Goring of also scoring like really big like clutch goals like OT winners and game winners and stuff like that I guess I don't unfortunately I don't see any I don't think they have the OT if there's any OT winners here they don't have it listed in his stats they just have game well no they have game winning so it doesn't say whether or not it was uh, OT just says it was game winning but there's only two of them out of his 10 so So, like and he he had two shorthanded goals okay also his shooting percentage was 28 wow so the guy was like literally every shot he was taking <laughs> every every third <laughs> shot he was taking was going in uh almost i i don't know i i beats me like why um uh sorry why he won the consmite but i'm glad that the hall hasn't decided that was a reason to induct him because i sure don't see it and anyway <laughs> shall we shall we move on yeah sure let's do um, so up next we have Brad Richards, who uh, was drafted a whole 30 years later, basically, uh, 29 years later. Um, and uh, like like Goring, he was drafted much later in his draft. Uh, he played from 2000 to six, 2016, 15 years. 13 of those are quality by our estimation. Um, he has almost 300 goals, 298. He has 634 assists, 932 points. So he has more points than uh, 
Butch Goring does in almost the same number of games, actually. Butch Goring played in 11.07, and Brad Richards in 11.26. So that's weird. A little uh, more similar careers than I expected. Um, but Brad Richards has way more point shares, and I don't really know why. I guess maybe he's been on more winning teams because uh, Goring was on the, you know, uh, the Kings for a while. Um, so Brad Richards was drafted in the third round. He was drafted 64th overall. Uh, and I actually, I don't know if uh, you remember this, Bill, but we um, we were doing, I think it was one of the first years I ever did fantasy hockey. This is so long ago. And I, uh, this would have had to have been um, our last year at Bishops. Yeah. And I remember I drafted Brad Richards that year based on the fact that he had 74 points in 80 games in the previous season. And I remember being mocked for my decision. And he went on to have the best year of his career that year. I was very happy about that. And that is also the year he won the Consmite, so that doesn't help my fantasy team. Um, but of course, then he had an even better year the next at uh, the next season um, yeah. when I didn't have him. Um, I just remember people teasing me like Brad Richards. Why did you draft Brad Richards? I it was, it was interesting too because like that Tampa team was sort of they were in that awful Southeast division, and like it was always like they that team would finish like seventh, sixth, seventh, or eighth, but get the third seed because of the three yeah. divisions. Yeah. And everybody would always be like, oh, lucky six seed. They just get like the softest team that made the like the only team that would make the playoffs from that division. But Tampa Bay was sort of up and coming and yeah. you could sort of like they had so much young talent and it really gelled that year. And I remember they played the Habs in round one or round two. I can't remember which one. Um, and I think it was round one. And somebody was saying like, Oh, we got Tampa Bay. Well, we're totally going to be. I'm like, you guys are going to get swept. I, you have no idea how good that team is. And then, like, sure enough, the first game, and somebody walked into the room, like, what's the score? Like, like six to two, Tampa. They're all over the place. <laughs> They're really, really good. Like, yeah, I mean, I certainly, I, I remember not like being very surprised at how good they were, um, and annoyed because you know Florida, um, but like just like being really surprised because of course I never watched them play. And of course, like you said, Bill Southeast and you're just like, you think all Southeast teams are junk, um, especially back then, right before uh, Ovechkin and everything. Um, so uh, the 98 draft is fascinating because the Cavier was the, you know, the obvious number one, he was supposed to be a, a franchise center and everything. And he, he is, he leads the draft and goals scored, but guess this is, this is incredible to me. So the top five draft, the top five goal scorers in the 98 draft are LeCavier drafted first, Datsuk drafted 171st, Brad Richards drafted 64th, Gagne drafted 22nd, and then Gianta drafted 82nd. Like, David Legwand, who was drafted second, is like way, way, way down. You have to get past Michael Ryder, who was drafted 216th before you get to him. I don't know what was going on that year, but they were very right about Le Cavier and then apparently very wrong about basically everyone else in the first, like, 20 picks. Yep. Um, anyway, it's quite funny. And this is the year the Leafs drafted Antropov, too. So, uh, I mean, it's not... It, the Leafs fucked up as well. Um, so Richards <laughs> is third in goals. Uh, he is first in assists by 30, but, of course, Datsuk did that almost the same number of assists in, in like, 200 fewer games. Um, and then uh, 
points wise, uh, he is 17 points behind Le Cavalier, who is in first. Um, of course, Le Cavalier played longer, slightly longer. Um, and then, and both Cavalier and Brad Richards are minus ridiculous. Uh, I, I assume because of the early years for being on Tampa, but I haven't looked at that yet. Um, point share wise, uh, Datsuk is the best player in the draft. No supply surprise there. And then Andre Markov and then the Cavalier and then Tange and then Richards. And I think that to that to me is fairly fair. I don't know how you feel about that, but like, I would definitely say Datsuk is the best player in this draft. Yes, I would agree. And like, I have no problem with the, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Forwards and defensemen are hard to, you know, compare, but like, you know, Andre Marco was a very, very good player um, for quite a while. And uh, anyway, um, yeah. So, I mean, Richards is like top three or top five in the draft, basically, depending on how you rank them and how, how you, you know, that's of course we don't have uh we can't do we can't sort by per game so um, there's probably someone in there who had who has better per game numbers um, but anyway I'm just gonna look at Richards minus comes primarily from oh it's actually the the years like right the post lockout um, Tampa Bay Lightning they got quite bad which I remember and like he got some nasty minuses the last couple of years he was on Tampa which helps explain why and also his first couple of years on Tampa there was like <laughs> there wasn't a very long period where they were really good um so uh era wise uh of the the 12 players playing at least 13 seasons between 2000 and 2016 he's 10th in goal or sorry 9th in goals but he's 3rd in assists and he's 6th in points so he's you know top 6 offensive player um He's seventh in offensive point shares, which is interesting, but that's because he he was a pass he's a passer, right? And he's eighth in point shares, which is very low. I'm really surprised by that, but again, uh, point shares favor guys on winning teams, and he wasn't always on winning teams. And also, they favor um, people who score goals. And Richards is a passer. He has more than twice as many assists as he has uh, goals. His 82 game average is 68 points minus five. So Goring's was 66 points minus two. So they're very similar. And then uh, for reasons that I cannot tell you, I forgot to uh, calculate a three-year peak. But basically we're talking about, uh, you know, 90, maybe 80-something points per game. So, uh, sorry, a point per game-ish because he had two, he had a couple of years where he was... Uh, over a point per game, a few of them. So, there's just a couple. Um, he had possessions. He has possession stats. He was a slightly positive possession player uh, for the totality of his career. Uh, that, of course, they started tracking it in 2007, so like halfway through. Um, and he was a uh, positive possession player for Tampa, even when he was having that nasty minus. But then on uh, Dallas, he was not a positive possession player. And then when he was on the Rangers and and the end of his career, he was a really positive possession player. Which is so he must have learned something, or got him improved in some way. You know that that, that those veteran wiles or whatever. Because like yeah. it's it's shocking. Uh, his his he is a forty eight point eight uh, Corsi four percentage with Dallas and a fifty two with the Rangers. Mm. 
which is, uh, I don't know, that's a fairly big difference in, in Corsi. Anyway. It is, yeah. Playoff-wise, uh, he has uh, almost 40 goals, almost 70 assists, 105 points in 146 games. So nowhere near a point-per-game player. Of course, it is the aughts. There aren't a lot of playoff point-per-game players. Um, roughly speaking, he doesn't look great if you compare him to his contemporaries. Uh, 18th in goals, playoff goals for the period, 11th in assists, and 11th in points. So, you know, better than Goring, but still... Uh, most of his playoff runs were not of the quality of uh, that one that he had. There was one other one that measures up to it, I think. Um, adjusted benefits him. It bumps him up to 75 points per 82 games. And uh, the both Hockey Reference and Versus X bump him up. Though neither of them bump him all the way to a point-per-game player, they do increase. You know, We're not surprised by that, right? Like the, these, This era scores less. One trade. And that is, uh, he was traded to Dallas in 2008. Not quite at the trade deadline, I don't think, but pretty close to it. And he was traded with Johan Holmquist for UC Jokinen, Jeff Halpern, Mike Smith, and a fourth-round pick, which is an awful lot. Um, I mean, is I mean, he had one at Conn Smythe, but like, he wasn't even like the top-line center of the. Right, he was their sort of second-line center. I guess they all played on the same line sometimes, right? Even though. I don't know who would have played on the wing, though. Do you remember? Uh, they had... Uh, Richards didn't always... Uh, he didn't always play with... Um, yeah. With St. Louis. Yeah, he was off in uh, the second line, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who he played with. Because um, Modine often played on the front line. At first that's line. right, yeah. And oh, Fedotenko, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fedotenko, who else was there on the second line? Um, I think no, Andrew Chuck was third and fourth line at that. Yeah, point. Andrew Chuck was playing the third or fourth line. Yeah, for sure. I don't remember who else at the moment. Yeah. Mm. Wasn't uh, Corey Stillman on the team oh, for a little while? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. So I don't know. He might have actually been in the top line in Modine with Richards. I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it just Mike Smith was young at the time and turned out to have a very long career. Uh, yeah. Now I don't remember how well he did for the uh, Lightning. Yeah. Okay, I guess. No, not really. Yeah, he was just, he was just their backup, right? They had yeah. uh, Harry Boone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't until he went to Phoenix where he really um, took off. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who wins that trade. I mean. I'd say of the forwards, obviously Brad Rogers is the best forward, but like you're getting a goalie who ended up playing for a long time if you hadn't traded him away. So I don't know. I can't. I don't know. It seems like a reasonable trade. Both sides. So uh, like Goring, he also won a, a Lady Bing as well, and he was also top five in Calder voting. Their careers were like way more similar than I thought. Um, he did not win a Masterton though, so so there. And uh, and like Goring, he was not a. Uh, uh, top player by point shares he only scored 25 goals a few times like he never scored more than like 20 something uh though he on the other hand unlike goring he was in assist leaderboards a whole bunch top five in assists three times top 10 five times top five in apg once top 10 four times so you know uh, that's what we 
think of him as a, as a passer. And he also was top 10 in points three times, which is not anywhere like much better than Goring in that regard. He also made a all rookie team and he made, and as weirdly, he also has only one all-star game appearance, just like Goring. He does have some weekly stars, but that's of course, because they exist. His versus X peak is significantly better than Goring's. And that's not really a surprise. I totally, totally forgot that he won two Stanley Cups. Like, I don't remember Brad Richards being on the 2015 Blackhawks. I don't know Neither why do I, I, remember I remember that. remember that at all. Because he had a fairly big role, too. Uh, and and I he was a he was he was a top six forward. Um, and that's with including ice time. And I just don't like I remember weirdly. I remember him on the Rangers. Yeah, same. And I obviously remember him on the Stars, but I I did not remember that he won the Cup on the uh, Blackhawks. Anyway, so uh, he won two Cups, obviously, and let's talk about that Conn Smythe. I would say in many ways this is the polar opposite of Goring's because Brad Richards tied for the lead, the team lead in goals with, with Fedotenko, of all people. Uh, but unlike Fedotenko, he had a bunch of assists. Fedotenko had two um, he also uh, had second, the second most assists on anyone on the team, only one behind Martin St. Louis. He also had the most points, two ahead of St. Louis. But the thing that I think we often forget is that, like, Tortorella, for whatever reason, back then, he used to play his forwards. Like, at a, I don't know if he still does this, frankly. I'm sorry to say. Um, I, I was vaguely aware of all the controversy the last couple of weeks with uh, was it Dubois. But like, yeah. mostly not paying attention anymore because I've gone completely to basketball. So I don't know if he still does this. But he back in the the Lightning days, he played his forwards like crazy. Yeah. Richards played the most ice time of any any skater on the Lightning. Wow. He played uh, 540 minutes, which is good for about 23 uh, 23 and a half minutes a game, which is more than even uh, Pavel Kabina was playing. Yeah. So. I mean, to me, I I remember I watched I very strongly rooted against the Lightning in the final. I I still think that goal should have counted. Same. But given that, uh, um, given what happened, I mean, I have zero like Brad Richards is like basically it's Brad Richards or Heavy Bullen that that deserved this, right? Or or yeah, Prong, or sorry, Pronger's the next year. I'm sorry, uh, got confused for a second. Um, not Pronger. Um. Like, or you're giving it to a, a Ginla, which I, I'm not sure I'm okay with. So I think it's like, it's Javi Bulin who had a pretty good playoff or it's Brad Richards. And I, given how rarely goalies get it and the fact that Javi Bulin's playoffs was good, but it wasn't like the best ever. Yeah. I'm completely, oh, oh the other thing is game winning goals. Uh, Brad Richards had seven, which led the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like, I think, I think it was every time he scored, they won. Like, yeah. Like he had a great, he had the far and away the best playoff of his career, um, and he uh, he had, he was the best offensive player on the team. He also was relied upon more than any other skater by his coach. Like yeah, well, was, uh, I'm I'm actually reading a, a quick little hitter about uh, famous Tampa Bay Lightning lines, and they're so you were kind of right. You you remembered uh, Corey Stillman and Fedotenko. They were on a line with Lecavalier. Oh, okay. Uh, that year, and then Modine, Richards, and Marty St. Louis were the other line. Uh, oh, okay. I didn't remember that yeah. at all. Me, me neither, yeah. But 
I think occasionally um, they would play uh, oh. with St. Louis on his wing, but but they sort of made two instead of making yeah. like one top heavy line, they made two. Like, and and you know what? You 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 reminded me because they they started playing the Richard St. Louis line as the top line, yeah. and the Cavier got got like. That's why he scored so little because he was playing a lot less. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally forgot about that until you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, thanks for looking that up. Um, yeah, no worries. That's it. It's it, even the article saying like the uh, some some people started to nickname that line Torts's Binky because it was his go-to line where when he didn't like you know the team was yeah. like not looking great like okay put out that good line because yeah. I know I can rely on them no matter what the situation is. Yeah, I mean they had a they had a phenomenal uh, run, and like I, I mean I really, I I hate Florida hockey teams on principle, uh, <laughs> and uh, I and I also like was very much like uh, Aginla was like basically after Forsberg my favorite player of that era, and I mean ba- Forsberg was almost done by then. Um, so again, that was basically my favorite player. And so I was very much rooting against the lightning, but like they had a hell of a run. And, uh, I, I think, uh, this is like, there, there are some conspice that are not controversial and this is absolutely one of them. Like, it's just, he deserved it. So the big question, oh, and we should mention one more thing before we debate it, um, is that he also won the world cup in 2004 when they took, uh, the three stars of this lightning team and put them together and, and and those guys uh, weirdly Richards actually had the least good uh, World Cup of the three of them funnily enough but the, the other two my memory is of them just dominating um, that that series or that that tournament um, do you remember that that was my memory um like the, it was in September and it was here yes 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 yeah I I, I remember what you were yeah it was um. There's a really big game they played against the Czechs where um, uh, I'm trying to think of who the goalie was. It was a, a Bridger probably would have been the starter, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and and they had to play Luongo in the semifinal against the Czechs. But I do remember Brad Richards scoring like massive goals and being super super important. And 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 well, LeCavier Le had a, like yeah. that was LeCavier's best like thing of his career. Yeah, basically, right. you're right. He had, yeah. He. Uh, I, I had not remembered, but he had seven points in six games, which, you know, doesn't seem like that much, but was like almost like the tournament. Actually, weirdly, Modine had eight in four games Man. somehow. Um, and then Sakic also had uh, six points. Um, Broder had a good tournament, though. Yeah. Um, he had that one game where he must have tweaked something. Cause yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah, so they, uh, you know, they, um, they were then utilized. So, so, so obviously Richards has two fewer cups than Goring, um, but he has a, he has an international tournament in which he was not the star, but he, he played an important role. Um, and I'm certainly much more willing to accept his cons. to me, it's a legitimate trophy. So the question is, does he belong? And I have no idea. I don't know about you, Bill. I have no idea. Uh, it's a tough one. I I, I think his con smite is very legitimate. Yeah. And I think he had flashes of brilliance where he, you know, was, I would say, you know, either either the best or second best player on his team for 
a, a fair number of years, but I don't know that, that period of like going to Dallas and he's, I think he had like a 90 point season to start out there and then just yeah. trailed off. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because of injuries or, but he had some down years and then, well, there were definitely some injuries for sure. Yeah. But his, yeah. his career kind of finished on a low, um, you know, maybe his production isn't consistent enough, but like his, I think his peaks are high enough to be a Hall of Famer. I just don't know if he has the consistency to sort of get those those big numbers that you're looking for typically. Um, and I, I don't know that his brilliance was sustained either, because like, you know, we're both sort of, sort of on record as like, uh, you know, if you were amazing for a shortish time. But then, you know, injuries derailed your career. I don't know that he was brilliant enough in that short time to make him like a Hall of Fame lock or anything like that. Yeah. Like he, in spite of that awesome con smite, like that was that was one of the more impressive con smites I've ever seen where like it's like if, if he's not there, there's no way they win that cup. Like he was yeah. the guy who scored almost every big goal for them. Yeah. No, I agree about the con smite. I think I, I think I agree with you. I mean, the thing is, he had basically two very good regular seasons and then a bunch of decent ones. Yeah. And, and then, like you said, Bill, there were some injury troubles in there. And then, and then he became a role player with the last, you know, four seasons of his career ish. And I, yeah, I mean, I just don't see enough for me. You know, it's the kind of thing that you always say, like buy me a beer and can try to convince me. And that's how I feel about this. Like, I don't, want to be in the habit of inducting people based off of the the 23 game stretch where they were suddenly possibly the best player in the world um you know and then like it's over <laughs> you know and then they didn't do that again you know what i mean like he had some decent playoffs later he had a decent playoff in 08 and he had a and he had a pretty decent playoff for the blackhawks but i still don't remember but like beyond that i mean he's just he's just not got a lot of uh, other accomplishments and like, you know, he, he really, yeah, he did, he did finish on some like assist leaderboards a few times and stuff, but like it, it really wasn't uh, that consistent. It was like, and it was mostly with Tampa, you know, once he, like you said, Bill, once he went to, to Dallas, things sort of, he had that one great year and then things sort of tailed off and, I'm totally fine with him not being the hall. It is weird given how good his consmith is, but like, like that's, that's sort of like, I think you need more. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, like, I don't want to start inducting guys just cause they won the consmith as much as I think he really did deserve it. Um, so yeah, I'm good with him not being in, but I mean, if someone wants to argue otherwise, I'm also open to it. Um, which I might not be with our next player segue. <laughs> uh, lastly, we have uh, Justin Williams, who was drafted two years later in 2000, but started his career the same season, I guess, because Brad Richards had like a, I don't know, Brad Richards was drafted so low, I guess they just didn't think he was ready yet or whatever. Um, he, uh, I was really surprised to learn that Justin Williams has scores more, scored more goals than Brad Richards did in his career. Only by like 22. <laughs> he still yeah. did. Um, he, but he had way fewer assists. He only had 477 assists, so that's 800 points. He is a plus 110, so much, much better than either Goring or Richards. 
uh, and he played longer, 1,264 games. He has more point shares than uh, Goring by a fair amount, but he has fewer than uh, slightly fewer than Brad Richards, which is not a surprise because Brad Richards had a was a star briefly, you know, whereas Justin Williams was never a star. Um, he was drafted 28th overall in 2000. Uh, and we're going to look at that for a second. Um, so 28th, you know, higher than either of the previous guys. And he actually, he, he looks pretty good in his draft now. Uh, he's fourth in goals behind uh, Gabrick, Heatley, and Scott Hartnell. And, but barely behind Scott Hartnell. But he's second in assists behind, or sorry, he's first in assists. My apologies, first in assists. He's ahead even of Heatley and Gabrick, but of course he played longer than both of those guys. And he's only, you know, he's not that many ahead of either of those guys. And he played way longer than Danny Heatley did, 400 games more. And, and 200 games more than Gabrick. So the fact that he's only like, you know, 50 ahead of Heatley and 60 ahead of Gabrick is like, they clearly were scoring at higher rates than he was. Points-wise, he is second behind Gabrick, but again, played 200 more games uh, than Gabrick did. And he's he's like 18 points behind Gabrick. <laughs> so had Gabrick played 200 more games, he would be a lot further behind. Um so the point shares wise, it's Lundqvist, Gabrick, Heatley, and then Williams, and he's two ahead of uh, Viznovsky. And here's here's a hot take. I I understand Justin Williams became Mister Clutch and won a Conn Smythe, but I kind of think I'd take Viznovsky. Ah, oh. hot, hot take, hot take. I really like I really liked Viznovsky when he was at his best. I thought he was great. Yeah, uh, Viznovsky was kind of like. Um... Kind of like the poor man's Carlson, you know, where it's like he he just he would put up absurd numbers of points, but you you sort of never knew what you were going to get from him defensively. And I'm not trying to say Carlson's not like fine defensively. He's he's he actually that that year where Ottawa took that run to the cup, uh, almost to the cup to game seven and overtime against the Penguins that year. He was and he was playing with like a an, an injured Achilles or an injured ankle again. And he was just so good. I'm like, wow, I didn't know how good defensively he was. I always just thought he was just a points machine. But he can play, like, the hard minutes, too. Um, but Vishnovsky was, you know, he's solid defensively, not spectacular. But, man, could he put up points. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how, how – for, like, what, maybe five years in a row? Yeah, yeah, no, he – I mean, he, he – like, yeah. and then he, like, fell off a cliff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if this is a real hot take. I just felt like saying it because <laughs> – I, I know it was going to piss somebody off. Uh, it's going to piss somebody off. Somebody who loves Justin Williams. Well, yeah. that person's probably already furious that we're, you know, we're even debating that he might not get in. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. Williams is a pretty important cog, and it, I don't know if the Here, Here's the thing. To, here's the thing. Vizinovsky at his at his best was a number one defenseman on a bad NHL team, right? Yeah. Probably he's yeah. really a number two or number three. Justin Williams was occasionally a first line forward a couple times, you know, yeah. he was mostly a second line forward. To me, you want the guy who's uh, a possibly top pair defenseman over that, but that's just me. I would prefer that. Anyway, that's another story for another time. Um, so era-wise, uh, of the 11 players to play in at least 15 seasons between 2000 and 2020, uh, Williams is 
basically the seventh best offensive player in that period, which is much higher than I thought he was going to be because I really do think of him as a little more of a role player, which is not fair, but he, he had some years where he was, you know, he scored 30 goals twice and whatever. His 82 game average is only 52 points plus seven. That is low. And also it's worth noting his ice time because we actually have it. Look, we didn't have it for Butch Goring and, and, uh, Fred Richards, we only had it for part of his career. Uh, Richards' ice time for the second half of his career is 20 minutes per game. Uh, Williams is uh, is 17 minutes. So that is, you know, you're you're playing more of a role there. I know I know that's getting into first line territory a little bit, depending on the team. But like, you first line players are playing 20 minutes a game, right, or more. Um, you know what I didn't know? I had no, oh, so first of all, sorry, his peak, his three-year peak is 70 points per 82 games, which is not great. I mean, it's obviously it's fine. It's good. It's just not like elite by any means, right? It's not even a point per game and that's his peak offensive peak. But here's the thing that I did not realize about Justin Williams that I think if, if he has a case beyond his cons, it's going to be found in something like this, which is that, um, of the 85 players to play in. 820 games since they started uh, tracking possession stats. Somehow, Williams is second in Corsi 4 and Fenwick 4 percentage. Second. That's like, he, he, I mean, I don't know. It, it's Bergeron above him, I guess, for that period of time. Because um, I don't think, I don't think that's, I think that that game threshold eliminates Statsuk and the Sedins. Because it's 820 is a lot um, for that period, um, but like, I was shocked by that. Did you know that? Yeah. I had no idea. No. He was. He had a 63% Corsi four in the in the shortened 2013 season. Wow. It was just like that's not possible. That's that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, so yeah. So then maybe like you know we're. You know, we're, we're looking at his offensive stats and you're sort of like, well, yeah, he's getting a bump because of, you know, the mystery game seven and all these clutch goals and everything. But like if he's putting up a Corsi like that, then maybe there's something to be said for uh, what a complete player he really is. Uh, I mean, he clearly drives play because like yeah. he he has been uh, worse than everybody on his anybody else on his team or the average player on his team possession wise twice in his entire career. Uh, and he was way better some years. Like when I say way better, I mean like 11% better, 10% better sometimes, which is just nuts. Um, he's very clearly, he very clearly drives possession, even though he doesn't score that much. So that is something, you know, I, I certainly lean a certain way with his case, but if there's uh, an argument to made the other way, this is part of it, I think. Um, yeah, I was blown away by that. I had no, no clue uh, that he was such a strong possession player. I don't. I've never thought of him that way. In part because I gotta say, he, you know, he, I would have been watching him uh, when the Kings were winning cups. Like I was, and and I guess the the Hurricanes as well. I didn't like watch regular season. Uh, I I remember thinking he looked pretty good when he was on the the Flyers at the beginning of his career. I think I even. 
remember saying, oh, he's going to be a good player, and then, like, just forgetting about it. Um, but, like, I didn't watch the Hurricanes' regular season games much, except when they played the Leafs, and I certainly didn't watch the, the Kings' regular season games very often. Yeah. Anyway. Playoff-wise, he has 40 goals, so he actually has um, more playoff goals than uh, Richards as well. And he has slightly fewer playoff assists, slightly fewer total points in slightly more playoff games. Um, for his era, playoff-wise, he is uh, roughly in uh, in Butch Goring territory. 18th in goals, 25 in assists, 18th in points. So, so much for, like, big play, big time playoff score, you know? Like, I yeah, mean, like it's, it's only the seven stats, right? That yeah, are, like, yeah. off the charts. Yeah. Um, the adjustment for era makes him better. It brings him up to, uh, by five points, so 50 seven points per 82 games, which is still very much not Hall of Fame territory, um, generally speaking. But both uh, both uh, Hockey Reference and Versus X bump him up, obviously, a little bit. Two trades. Um, one time he was traded from Philadelphia to uh, Carolina for the ghost of Danny Markov, who was, when I was in my teens, one of my favorite hockey players in the entire world. <laughs> Uh, when he was on the Leafs, I, oh God, I love Danny Markoff. Um, he was such an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he, 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 I don't know what happened. I, I think I presume my unsophisticated hockey brain in the late nineties didn't understand, but I presume he was playing like sheltered minutes or something. And the moment, you know, he went to like Phoenix and they tried to turn him into a top pair defenseman. It was revealed yeah. that he was slow and, and took too many penalties. And uh, though he didn't take very many penalties, so I don't know. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Justin Williams for, uh, like, I say old Danny Markov. Danny Markov was 27, but he was already old. <laughs> like, clearly, uh, Carolina wins that. Uh, and then, um, on the at the 2009 trade deadline, he was traded to Los Angeles for the explicit purpose of winning cups, obviously. Um and he was traded for uh, Patrick O'Sullivan, who uh, we since all know why his career turned out the way it did. And if anyone yeah. has not read about that, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, he had a very horrible upbringing. Um, and I, I remember just being like, remember being so impressed by him as a player and then being so confused as to why he didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, he seemed like such a canvas prospect. And now we all know, and it's awful. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He he wrote that uh, he wrote that article in the, the Players Tribune years ago yeah. when he when it like sort of the first time publicly he talked about it, and that was like uh, that was a really really tough read. Like it'll make you cry. Yeah. It's yeah. Awful. No, it's it's really awful. Um, but I mean, not knowing about that, I certainly think Carolina trying to get a a prospect of his stature for Justin Williams seems totally reasonable. Um, I don't know what people would have known at all about that at the time in, in the hockey world. But well, I mean, it, uh, if you remember right when that trade happened, um, uh, O'Sullivan was only a Carolina hurricane for a matter of hours because his dad lived close, like, to, Oh, that's right. Yeah. Close within the, uh, within the restraining order. So yeah. Carolina made that trade knowing that they were going to immediately ship him to Edmonton for something like they are. That's had right. That deal. Yeah. 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 I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, you're right. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, and then they from Edmonton they got uh, what did they get? 
Oh, they got uh, they got Eric Cole back, like at the tail end of his career or something. I don't know. That yeah. seems like a weird decision, but <laughs> give up somebody younger. Um, I mean, specifically I, Williams for uh, Eric Cole. Um, it's a weird choice. Anyway, um, yeah. So those are the two trades, uh, and then of course, so accomplishments. Uh, Williams only won, unlike. Goring and Richards, he only won one award in Wisconsin. He was also, like the two of them, never a top player by point shares. He scored 30 goals twice. He never scored more than 70 points in a season. He has one all They all have one all-star game appearance. Really, we shouldn't have called this Wisconsin. We should have called this one all-star game appearance. Because they, you know. <laughs> and it's worth noting that unlike Goring and Richards, Williams doesn't qualify for the versus X peak adjustment at all in any category. He did not score enough by their standards. So that's worth thinking about. So he won the Conn Smythe in 2014. And uh, let's... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think we've had this conversation before a little bit. Um, at some point, uh, I know where I stand. Um, so Justin Williams led the playoffs in plus-minus. And he had two game-winning goals, which is not as many game-winning goals as Alec Martinez, weirdly. Um, he was third on the team in goals. He was second on the team in assists. He was second on the team in points. And for me, the really big thing is he was playing 16.49 a game to Drew Doughty's 28.45. Drew Doughty had 18 points in 26 games. He was, by my memory, fantastic. This, to me, was very clearly his Consmyth, And I remember I wrote, like, a history of stupid Consmyths on my blog when this happened. Because I was so pissed off. <laughs> I just... I don't care if he scored nine goals when he was playing second-line minutes. I don't fucking care. Like, Drew Doughty had... Drew Doughty played 748 minutes in 26 games. It's almost a half-hour game, almost. It's very close to like the kinds of previous like crazy defenseman performances like Pronger and Zubov and in the past. Um, and he was awesome. And and he scored. It's not like he didn't score. And like I don't know, just the narrative happened, and Justin Williams had his big goals and like you know grumble <laughs> you, it, I feel like you didn't agree the last time we talked about this but how do you feel I'm I don't think I'm as if, like horrified by it as you are um, I think probably on 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 any king's cup well the, the first one quick played out of his bloody mind um yeah the second one quick was actually not very good and the no he wasn't, he wasn't. Like, yeah yeah like he was average at best and which was shocking i'm like i thought he was like amazing and then but the kings just outscored everybody they always scored a big goal um but i seem to remember thinking it either should have been dowdy or kopitar um yeah. those are your first two choices i think fairly clearly yeah kopitar led the team in points um and he led the team in assists. Um, he did not lead the team in goals, but he um, and he played way more minutes than uh, than any other forward 
by a lot. Like it's not even close. I mean, the defenseman played more than he did, but like he played 552 minutes. Um, and like Jeff Carter, who's second on the team uh, in forwards and mints, played 475 minutes. Like it's it's a really big difference. I I don't understand why people. Like we we're supposed to be more sophisticated now in our understanding of how the game works and stuff, and and I understand that like I'm using minutes as a proxy for value, and it's not necessarily, but like people still they just they see goals and they see big goals and they go ooh you know and like Justin Williams did not play a huge role in this team except for the fact that he scored a lot like he had a high shooting percentage. I don't know how high it was compared to other playoffs. Um, you know, and, and, you know, he was in the right place at the right time, which is fine. It's good. And he's clearly a useful player. I mean, I didn't, before I did the notes, I had no idea he was such a driver of possession. He's a very, he's a useful, he's a good player, but yeah. like, was he the MVP of the 2014 Kings? Like hardly. He played less time. He played less minutes per game. Um, in 2014 than he did in 2012. But he scored more because, you know, it, luck, right, basically. I mean, his, his shooting percentage in 2014 was double what it was in uh, in 2012. So essentially accounts for the fact that he had twice as many goals. Yeah. You know? Anyway, I just, uh, to me, it's 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 a silly consmith and uh, it makes no sense. And... Um, grumble, grumble, it's, grumble. I, I, it's it's a I think it's a reputation con Smythe, right? Like it's he became yeah. Mr. Game Seven. And it was his had, third cup. It was his third cup. He had you know in his and I I think did LA play Game Sevens in I think everything but the final, right? I think it was. Uh, let me let me look. Just give me a second. Uh, so yeah, they didn't play in the uh, Game Seven in the final. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so the first three rounds, the Game Sevens. Yeah. Yeah, they played like you know, 21 games and arguably 42 and, and Williams all time career of game sevens is uh, seven goals and eight assists in nine career game sevens. So yeah, yeah. three of them were there and he's scoring. Yeah. No, I, I understand the there. Yeah. Game? Like, yeah. 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 Like, so, so it's sort of like he put them over the top in those big games with those big moments. It's like, and by the way, it pisses me off that Justin Williams did that because before that, Trevor Linden was my Mr. Game Seven. He always showed up. <laughs> um, well, we, we, the... we've been we've been over his playoff stats relative to uh, regular yeah. season stats and determined how great he was in the playoffs. But um, I, I think for Williams, sometimes a strong enough narrative gets going for a player that, like, if you win, that player's getting it almost no matter what happens. And I'm, I'm it's actually quite shocking to me that. Um, and it's gotta be just because of the bonkers number of points he put up and how much of each game he played that Brian Leach won his MVP instead of them gifting it to Messier because of his, you know, he, you know, his his guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. His his guarantee like that, that narrative, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised Leach won that. Like, yeah, people, people must've talked before be like, okay, if you were going to vote for Messier, too many people are going to vote Leach and it's going to end up being a Vancouver player. You have to vote for Leach. (laughs) Yeah. Um, like, and the thing that happens in sports, I still is, think that should have been Richter, by the way, <laughs> that's just me. Um, I, uh, the thing that happens in sports is like, you get these ideas that like, you know, 
players are clutch and in some cases especially now that we have like we have like end of game stats and stuff you can actually see um or clutch situation stats you can actually see that but in the past we didn't have that information we didn't know but people would still say that yeah. and and what happens is that if someone gets a um the reputation for that they are put in more opportunities when they can be clutch right yeah. so justin williams gets gets acquired um robert ori would be the best example in uh in basketball um yeah. and and claude lemieux would be probably the best example in, in hockey where you know these guys eventually were traded for repeatedly by teams who wanted that like you know thing that clutchness that they couldn't quantify and the thing about that is that when you get more chances to do this, sometimes you take advantage of them. Yeah. And now, now that is not to deny that Justin Williams doesn't have incredible Game 7 stats. He absolutely does. But it's an award for the entire playoff. And I really think it was Doughty's. Um, and I just, I understand that they won multiple Game 7s, but like I just, I, I don't know what someone would have to do to convince me that it this didn't belong to Drew Doughty, but I guess they would have to, like, force me to sit through all those LA Game 7s again and, like, explain to me why it was impossible for another king to score. <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, because, like, to me, Doughty is a very, very clear case. Uh, it's a case built on the entirety of the playoffs, not just a few games. And, uh, well, not... Uh, that's not fair. Justin Williams had a great playoff. He had the best stretch of his career, that uh, that playoff. Um, I think it's safe to say. Um, but still, Drew Doughty had an incredible playoff as well. And anyway, I so for me, it. Oh, I should mention, sorry, that Williams has three cups. Of course, he also won uh, in 06, and he won in 12, obviously. And then he also has two world championships on which he played very small roles. So he has two world championships, uh, but he was like, I don't even know if he, he might have been a late arrival to one of the two teams because he didn't he didn't score much on either of them. But anyway, um, but for me, because I doubt the validity of his consummate, like he's no way he's in the Hall of Fame for me. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I'm I'm not like, you know, now that we have you know certain certain players in, I wouldn't be as offended. But I think he is going to get in. By the way. Um, cause the narrative is so juicy for everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, but, people are going to bring up what you said about his game seven stats and everyone's oh, yeah. going to be like, Oh my God, there's no way he, he can't be, to be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I think he is going to get in, but I, I would put him somewhere with the Brad Richards where, and like, yeah, he's, he's like, he's a top line player, but he's never sort of the best on his team. It's just, but I think his, uh, even though like Richards might be the only um, the only legitimate con Smythe that we've looked at out of these three, I think that the narrative of always being there and scoring so much in game sevens uh, is going to make Williams have a better shot at the hall than any of these any of the other two. Um, I agree with you about that. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think Richards has a much stronger case than Williams does. Should have a if sorry. You just look at him statistically and regular yeah. season stats count for as much as like playoff stats, I'd say, yeah, for sure. I think yeah. he was a better, I think he was the best out of the three players we've looked at. He was clearly the best, yeah, but yeah. Williams has a strong narrative and has 
you know, three cups and, you know, couple, you know, on two different teams. And it's like, well, starting to add up. And then you add in, see, that's the thing. And that the people will point to that con Smythe um, and like the reputation, but it's, I think even without that con Smythe, the Mr. Game seven thing is strong enough to get him a push that he'll probably squeak in. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think you're probably right about that. I don't think he'll be first ballot or anything like that, yeah. but I think he'll, let's say between five and 10 years from now, he'll get in. Yeah. I, I, if, if you asked me to bet, I'd probably hedge, but I'd, uh, <laughs> I, I would definitely like put slightly more money on, on the in. Um, I think yeah, you're very, you're correct, I mean, but like, people love, people love that stuff. So, but it, it, you know, if you really do a deep dive on his like defensive value and his coursey stats and stuff like that, then maybe you're like looking at what an all around player he was plus the clutch plus the championships. You're like, yeah, maybe he's, he's okay to squeeze in there more than some other guys who've gotten in where it's like, you know, you, you were a, an okay player on some good teams. Therefore you get in like, that's, you know, at least, at least he was a key player and did, you know, score yeah. big goals and, you know, he, he, he wasn't just sort of along for the ride. He was a key member of, of the championship teams he played for. So if you, that, right? if you, you feel his, a little bit better. Yes. <laughs> if you up his ice time by like three minutes a game over his entire career, I'm way more convinced that those that that his he belongs because the thing is he's his his possession numbers are incredible but they're incredible playing a lesser role than say Datsuk or the Sedins or Bergeron right and and to me that makes me slightly skeptical of them like how much was he he put in situations where he was succeeding or like had a better chance of succeeding, you know what I mean? Because he's playing 17 minutes a game. He's not playing 20. He's not playing 22. You know, Brad Richards at his at his peak was playing 23 minutes a game, and and was not always a star possession player. But he he's matching up more against unfavorable matchups doing that, right? When you're playing over a, a period of game, right? So for me, especially because Williams' offensive numbers are so paltry, it's I would believe the like stellar defensive key defensive player more if if that ice time was up like Brindamore the um one of the years the Hurricanes went to the final I don't remember the year they won or the other year he was he played an absurd amount of time on the ice and he didn't lead the team in scoring I think he was like second or third but he was playing like 25 minutes a game or something and like it's very clear that like he was essential to that uh to that team right and like with Williams, I just I, I the possession numbers are incredible, and he he had a very good playoff that year. But he he just didn't play enough for me, you know. At the end of the day, he was not a first line player for most of his career, and like I have a real problem with inducting even even stellar defensive forwards who but who are not played as first line players for most of their career, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, Goring. <laughs> Goring is a no for both of us, I think, right? Yeah, that is correct. Brad Richards? Also a no for me. Yeah, no for me as well. And Justin Williams? I think he's going to get in, but if it were my haul, I'd say no. Uh, I, I do think he's going to get in, though. But I, I think I this is our second all-no episode, which is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes <laughs> me happy. <laughs> Look at us being picky. 
Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, that's it for us this episode. And uh, next episode, we will be resuming our uh, backwards journey through uh, the various um, Hall of Fame classes. And we will be talking about uh, Denny Savard. And I am having a mind blank as to the other player at the moment. But anyway, um, that class, 2000, I think the class of 2000 is uh, is the uh, one we're talking about. So Denny yeah. Savard's class. So. Stay tuned for that episode, and we will see you then.